Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of the Blue Steps in Discussion. Uh, today, I've had the great pleasure of being joined by English-based photographer Fiona McCowan. Good morning, Fiona. Morning, Ewan. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I'm very well, thank you. And you? Yes, not bad. Starting off 2022, so I think this is what, the 3rd of January, and this is the first recording in 2022, so another year, 52 more episodes to to try and get through if we if I survive that long and um, but uh, anyway thanks for your time this morning we're obviously here to talk about your two your two books one of which you did for your RPS which was in the often and then your latest zine the book which was full of trees and changing leaves but before we get into talking about them uh, for everyone else's benefit it'd be great if you could give us an introduction to yourself your photography and your your background. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, just before I answer that question, I want to say thank you. I feel very honoured to uh, have been asked to uh, uh, be a guest on Biblioscapes, uh, looking at the illustrious roll call uh, <laughs> of people that have been before and uh, right. some people whose work I absolutely love, um, some of the handmade book, uh, like Shona Grant and, and Lizzie Shepherd. So thank yep. you for asking me. Pleasure. Um, so to answer your question, um, unlike a lot of the guests that um, you've had before who sort of started their photography journey when they were a child or as a teenager, I actually relatively recently started photography. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I've always had an interest in sort of art and photography. And in fact, I looked out yesterday, the first photo book that I'd bought, and that was back in the 80s. <laughs> That was the Ansel Adams Yosemite in the Range of Light. Okay. Um, um, but you know, I had a had a busy career and um, sort of just obviously did a lot of sport and didn't really find the time to actually take up photography. But I took a, a six month sabbatical uh, from work and went off to Nice to do uh, French Nice University. Um, and at the end of that six months, I'd, I'd had an absolute ball. I absolutely loved it. Um, and it was just great having the sort of time and the energy to do the things that I wanted to do. So absolutely. I was in a very fortunate position that I could make the decision not to return to work, even though I had fully intended to. <laughs> um, I decided not to return. And there was two things that I'd always wanted to do. One was French, which I'd gone and done my course. And the other was to, to learn about photography. Okay. So um, it was back in February 2015. Um, I saw a course advertised locally. Um, it was just one day a week and it was an introduction to digital photography. So I borrowed a camera, Canon DSLR. It was a 7D. Uh, and off I went to do this, this course. Um, and I absolutely loved it. Um, it's a really nice bunch of people on this, but half a dozen, uh, there's a female tutor and about half a dozen of us on the course. Um, and I was just, I was hooked, just really, really enjoyed <laughs> it. So um, once the course finished, um, I got my first uh, camera. So I got a Canon 70D and I, I, I just it became a it just became a passion. So I wanted I was keen to sort of learn more. So I signed up after that the Open University in the RPS um, okay. did a digital photography course, uh, sort of creating and sharing better images. I think it was called. So I did that, um, and as a result of that, joined the RPS, and then I worked towards my LRPS, um, which I got in July seventeen. 
Um, so that's kind of how I, my photography journey um, started. Very good, excellent. It's certainly been, yeah, as you say, it's it's a, everyone's got their own unique journey to it. Some people take it up when they were a youngster with their dad or with their mum. Others take it up when they're maybe early, late teens or once they've finished university or studies. Um, and other people take it up a lot later on um, when they discover that, uh, in fact, work is not for them and playing is far more enjoyable, perfect, which I can totally understand. So, yeah, it's really interesting and it's great to see the, the progress that people make over five or six years when particularly when they've maybe got a bit more time to be able to dedicate to it and and as you say when it becomes a real passion um, and obviously one of the things that you mentioned was your rps which you did your lrps um, and then more recently you uh, you i think went for the associate which you ended up getting a fellow in their new photo book stream um, which I think was new last last year, albeit I can see it picking up over the over the coming years. And yes, yeah, so you did the book in the often, um, mm. which you submitted for your your RPS and got awarded the fellow for it. So I'd be uh, really interested to know, I suppose, just what your what your approach was, and for people who don't know in the often what it is actually about. Yeah. So. Um, the project as such um, has sort of been running for, my project in the office has been sort of running for a number of years. I did a workshop um, in 2015, um, the spring, no sorry, 2016, spring 2016 in France, and it was um, a coastal based one, and um, I I took what I would probably call my first fine art image on that workshop. It was run by um, Jonathan Critchley. Oh, yes, yeah. And it was uh, on the Jerome estuary and there's various sort of fishing hats and things there. And I, and I just knew after doing that workshop, I've always loved the sea, but I just knew after doing that workshop that what I wanted to do was, was to take photographs at the coast. Yep. Uh, I mean, I love being at the coast. So I kind of, I suppose the the start of the very beginning of in the offing probably started sort of back then. So, um, cause the, the pictures in the book were actually taken over a period of four years. So it's uh, been, been a while. So the book itself um, is a handmade book, um, handcrafted um, hardback book. Um, do you want me to describe the book a little yes, bit? Yes, absolutely. Yes, it'd be great. Yeah. So the book itself comes in a presentation box uh, which I bought, I didn't make, but um, everything else is, is made. So the book is 22 um, centimetres square. Yep. Um, it's cloth covered and it's um, a really nice navy blue cloth from oh. Ratchford's. Um, so I probably have enough cloth upstairs actually to cover about 100 books. Because <laughs> <laughs> I bought various colours and, and types of cloth, but I particularly like this one. So um, the offing itself, um, you've probably heard the expression in the offing, um, but... The offing is the deep distant stretch of the ocean still visible from the shore. So when you stand on the beach and look out, that sort of fine line that you see yes. way in the distance, that's in the offing. Okay. And that's obviously where the, where the expression comes from. Um, so my book um, is actually, I mean, what I've described it as is my intimate search of the offing um, and the, the different moods and appearances and the emotions that, that um, the offing actually um, gives me. So it's divided into four sections. Yeah. And the four sections are my blurred expectations, 
uh, my fears, uh, my dreams, and my eugène. Um, so they're quite distinct sections in the book um, in terms of sort of color and feeling and emotion and the, the sort of the end when my Eugene, um, that's trying to sort of describe, you know, that sort of sense of beauty and sort of happiness that you get. There's also a sadness attached yes. to it. Yep, absolutely. Um, so that's the sort of the, the fourth section. Um, so in total, there's 48 pages in the book and there's 21 um, photographic images in it, plus text. It was really important to me to to put text in the book. I love words, I love language, I love poetry. Um, yes. So there's a mix of um, some quotations, some poems and some um, lyrics. In fact, the very last page in the book um, has a lyric from a Van Morrison song. So. Very nice. Well, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen you, you showed, you, you kindly sent me through a video of it uh, and it does, it looks absolutely beautiful. And as you say, there's, there's a lovely tonal variation through it in terms of the sets of images you've got the um is it this uh, my fears which is really quite dark apart from mm -hmm. generally a, a very bright line that runs through in the often just just at yes. the fine horizon and it's yeah it's a lovely variation and then liminal space again is much lighter more sky and and and, and far more of the yellow the lovely hues and things like that um, and and how how did you find the process in, in terms of submitting or getting getting it ready for doing the rps was there because i know they normally do is it feedback days etc yeah um, i mean i'd I'd originally thought about trying to put together a panel um, and to submit something. I mean, this is sort of kind of like going way back, um, probably about three years ago. Um, and I had an informal chat with Paul Mitchell, um, who's a fellow um, at the Landscape Group Conference in Malvern. Okay. And I mean, I just had taken along a sort of a a draft of a statement of intent and also just a few little sort of postcard size images and discussed it with him and asked him what he thought. And he said that he, you know, he thought that it was a, um, a good idea and he encouraged me and was supportive about moving it forward. Yes. Um, and then um, last 2000, I'm trying to think when it was, 2020, yeah, it was probably about May, 2020. I did a one-day bookmaking course with Alex Hare, and okay. it was about making a concertina book. Yeah, yep. And I absolutely loved it. I just, I, a bit like my photography, I sort of quite, I got really hooked on it, became really passionate about it, and I thought, this is what I want to do. It kind of just all fell into place, because I'd been, as I said, thinking about putting a panel together based on in the offering, but I just, because I wanted to do the different emotions, it's quite difficult to make that work in a panel because the yes. panel has got to be cohesive and to have four different sections just it was I'm struggling this to yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I did the handmade book um course with Alex and then I subsequently did another couple with Alex and Lizzie. Lizzie yeah. And I thought this is just perfect because this is what this is what I want to do. So um and it meant as well that I could incorporate text um as well as the images into it. So I thought of submitting um, a book in the visual art uh, okay. genre as such. And then in the springtime, the RPS announced that they were going to have this new photo book genre. And I thought, well, that's just perfect. Um, that's, that's what I want to do. So I started then working really hard on 
um, obviously started off with hundreds of images. Yes, yeah, as we all do. <laughs> as you would, you know, as you'll know from, from doing your books, trying to narrow that down. Um, and that obviously took a very long time, many months and many little postcard images um, arranged on boards around the house and whatever. Um, so um, in terms of actually putting the book together. If you do a handmade book for the photo book genre, you um, only need to submit one book. Okay. Um, you can submit up to eight. And if you're doing a, a printed um, book, then I think they ask for a minimum of two copies if it's okay. uh, professionally printed. Yeah. Um, so I obviously looked at different options um, and I really liked the way that Paul Sanders had done his solace, the, the life flat. Yes. Um, so I thought that worked really well. And especially with having 48 pages, I thought trying to do a concertina probably wouldn't work as well. Yep. Um, so, but I also wanted to do um, a hardback book rather than a, a soft, soft cover. Yeah. Um, so it was just really a case I did up um, various little um, Test subjects, <laughs> little model ones. So there's sort of like one you can obviously sort of see here, yep. the tiny one that I did up uh, a little mock book. So I did up various little sort of mock books uh, to find out sort of kind of what, what was going to work and, and what wasn't. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, th I think everyone works like that. You do your retest subjects to make to see how it might work. Um, I have little wee small models kicking around all mm -hmm. over the place that have got uh, have got little uh, contact sheet images just paper clipped in at various stages so that uh, you can just kind of move them around. We've not made much progress over the last few months. I'll be perfectly honest, but it's a great way just to just to see how something might look or how something might work. And then you can develop into something that's a bit more structured on a smaller scale before before you commit to using the very fancy paper on and a lot of ink to to do the much bigger format. Yeah. So um so, yep, so I, as I said, did the mock-up um, and then once I decided I was happy with the, the sequence and happy with all the words, then um, printed out. I have a printer at home. I have a Canon 100S printer, yep. which I really like. used to have an Epson that um, I had a love-hate relationship with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I really like the Canon. Um, it just works. And uh, so I printed um, all of the pages are printed on Photospeed Matte Ultra 240, uh, which I find is a nice paper to, to work with. Um, and then one of the other big decisions was um, what end papers I was going to use. Uh, so I had lots of fun um, on the way of looking at all sort of different options. Um, but I wanted one that sort of followed through that theme of the sea. So I eventually um, ended up with the Japanese Blue Melville end paper, um, which looks as if it sort of has a wave going through. And the other thing that on the front of the book, there's a little inlay. Um, it's about six and a half centimetres square. Um, and it was a picture that I took um, on the Isle of Harris. And it basically is very um, blues and greens and white. And then when you yeah. open uh, the cover, that's echoed um, with the colours of the end paper. Um, yeah, the, the end papers are really nice, lovely tonal match. And I, I can imagine that you must have had a lot of fun buying and testing out some Japanese uh, papers, <laughs> as I'm sure anyone who uh, 
who likes photo, who makes photo books has probably, if you've not already done so, go on and have a look at some of the fine Japanese papers and keep leave your credit card well alone. It's probably as bad, if not worse, than buying photo books, uh, to be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, these things, it's all the attention to detail that I, I can imagine the, the people who are assessing the RPS really pay attention to, to see the flow from cover to to the end papers to to even just the choice the 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 font the color choice of your fonts and and then through into the images as well yeah because again that's all part of when you do the photo book um genre that's one of the things that they do actually take into consideration everything um the sort of the, the making of the books and the fonts and the colors so i've picked um as you can probably tell from hopefully looking at your screen there's um the font is a, a blue color right. to, to sort of to, to pick up the blues, which are in, in quite a few of the sections and obviously the color yes. um, of the, um, the book cloth is a nice sort of dark blue and it's to sort of pick up with that. Yeah. And how, how did you find, uh, obviously you've made several books, but how, how, how nerving was the process of piecing it all together, knowing that this was potentially going to be the one to, to be submitted? Uh, a bit nerve-wracking, um, though I think because I'd obviously done my little mock-up, yes. um, and I do, I I tend to sort of take my time, so I tend to measure things about four times before I actually cut, um, you know, so I, um, I was fortunate in that I was able to do it first go, so I didn't have any uh, any uh, expensive mistakes and had to yeah. uh, start again, so, um, but it did take um, quite a long time and I did each section because there's the four sections I sort of printed one section at a time um, obviously left it to sit 24 hours to make sure the ink could dry properly um, and then I put the sort of the, the four individual sections together before joining them up uh, yeah. for my book block yeah and then obviously yeah then attaching the cover as well and how, how, how was the process of submitting to the RPS and getting the feedback um, was it all positive were there any comments uh... um yeah i mean i had um obviously the situation because of covid they used to do um offer assessments where you could go along and actually meet yes. with the assessors and get some advice um, but they moved that to doing it online so i actually um had a chat but again because it's a handmade book it's quite difficult so um, I was able to submit um, the images digitally okay. and also um, the the words what for for other genres they call it a, a statement of intent but they actually um, I'm trying to remember what they call it they call it something different in the photo book genre I can't remember um, what it is they but it's effectively um, they call it supporting evidence, that's right. So you've got to put right. supporting evidence together, which can be anything from a few words, like a full thesis. Um, so I spoke um, to Inaki, I had a one-to-one -one with him digitally. Um, so he actually looked at the images and we kind of went through and he was really encouraging, really supportive and, and said, yeah, I think you should you should do it um, so which which was good I mean and he made some good suggestions in terms of the supporting evidence um, which you know meant I took my red pen to it and took cut out a few words <laughs> so but that's it's always important to get feedback from others and a, a fresh pair of eyes to take a look over it because people mm. see things that 
you you don't see when you're looking through your own work you become so it becomes so natural and so normal that you you don't necessarily spot something that stands out that maybe just needs to be toned down or brightened up or or changed ever so slightly just to just to make it all fit in or just make it tighten the whole thing up a little bit better so actually to be able to get feedback from other people through the process is 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 always something that should really be done as as a matter of course yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend anybody who is thinking of doing an RPS distinction to do a one-to-one session. And yeah. it's really easy, as I said, because now it's online, so you don't have to go to, you know, to Bristol. Um, Wherever, to, yeah, to do, do it. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely, definitely recommend it. So once my book um, was finished, um, I had it finished by the end of September. Um, and then I only live about um, 25 miles from Bristol. Okay. And so I actually took it down and hand delivered it. <laughs> and then how, how long was the how long was the nervous wait uh, before you found out the results? Yeah, you've got to submit it um, I think three weeks before the actual assessment day. Okay. Um, so I said I took mine down in September and then the assessment day was the 22nd of October. So that was a Friday. Um, so I waited nervously all day, um, <laughs> waiting to hear, kept checking my email, kept making sure that my phone wasn't on mute or whatever. And then um, when it came about 6.30 on the Friday evening, I said to my husband, John, I said, oh, that's it. They obviously don't want to give me bad news last thing on a Friday. <laughs> so I probably won't hear anything now until Monday. So um and then at about um, quarter to seven, Andy Moore, who runs the distinctions uh, department at the RPS, actually called. Very nice. And uh, with the um, rather overwhelming news that they'd awarded me a fellowship. So I was, um, for once in my life, probably speechless. <laughs> well, it's, it's thoroughly well-deserved. And yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful book, beautiful body of work. But yeah, it's, as you say, it's, it's not just the images, it's, it's the text and it's the whole presentation of it as well that it all goes into, all goes into these, these processes and, and makes, makes a difference because it's, yeah, it's the tactile element. It's the, the feel of it, the paper choice. Um, and you, you could select a different paper and it just doesn't work necessarily as well for the images. And um, all all these small details count, and obviously from there you've then produced, you've published your first book, Blake Zine, full of trees mm. and changing leaves, um, which I've which I have a copy of this one. Don't have a copy of your other book, um, so I'd be interested to know. Yeah, I suppose a bit about a bit about what what the decision process was going from handmade to to something published, and and why. Yeah, why? Good question. Um, Part of the reason um, was that I actually want to do um, a, a zine or a, or a published book of in the offing. Um, a number of sort of friends and family and that have said, oh, you know, can we have a copy of your book? And it's, well, no, it's a, it's a one-off. I made it as a one-off one and I actually made yep. it for John, my husband. Um, so, so that's it. But um, I kind of thought, well, it would be nice to have like a zine type version of it, perhaps. It would obviously be, be very different, um, yep. but yep. it would be nice to kind of to do it. So I thought, well, what I'll do is rather than for my first zine doing in the offing, I'll do another project um, and then see how that goes, see what lessons I learned from it, and then I'll do the sort of in the offing zine. So that, 
that was the reason behind doing a zine. And also I love zines. Um, I've ended up partly because of Biblioscapes <laughs> by an awful lot of zines. So uh, there's quite a few on the, the shelf. There's quite a few came onto the, the Christmas tree from Santa as well. Yep. So, um, so this is the complete opposite, actually, of In the Offing, um, which is all based, um, as you know, images of from, from the coast by the sea. Um, this one is woodland photography, which isn't something that I did before lockdown. Okay. Um, and also in the offing, the images in it um, were taken over a period of four years um, in a number of countries, um, most of them in the UK and there's a few as well from the, the Maldives. But um, full of trees and changing leaves was taken in one day. All of the images were taken on one day. Um, in one place, which is Ash Ridge Forest. Okay. Um, so, and um, I went and did a, a workshop there with um, Simon Turnbull, um, okay. really nice guy, super workshop. And I mean, even though the weather wasn't particularly kind to us on the day, um, it was just, you know, the way sometimes when you're doing photography, some days you go and, and you come home and there isn't a single image that, that you even want to, you know, keep. Look at. Yes. Um, and then there's other days that you go and it just, I don't know whether it's just Flicks. your mood, yeah. you're just more relaxed. And, and I just came home and I was just, you know, really pleased with some of the images that I'd taken. I felt it had been a good day, and especially for someone who wouldn't consider themselves to be a woodland photographer. Yeah. So I thought I would use it um, to, to, to do the zine. Um, so, yeah. and... Um, again, it's a mix of images and um, text. Yep. Um, so, which, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, work well together. And the title, Full of Trees and Changing Leaves, come from um, Virginia Woolf, um, All the Lives We've Ever Lived and All the Lives to Be are Full of Trees and Changing Leaves. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I really so, love I like the format and the layout is very similar to in the often in terms of split up into different sections with a nice bit of text and then a series of three or four images and um, whether or not you've done that intentionally to see how that works before you do it in the often I suspect maybe so um, but again it's a lovely size and it's it's a lovely publication I like the combination of the text and the, the nice little quotes um, that work and it's it's a it's it's a great way to do it and I think you see you maybe see, I see maybe more and more people introducing some text into their own work where where there's meaning to it and um, but it, it's a lovely it's a lovely body of work it shows also what you can accomplish on just one day you don't the project doesn't need to it doesn't need to comprise mm -hmm. of work that's over years and years and years and what with lockdown I think everyone's been exploring their local neighborhoods woodlands urban scapes etc far more um, yeah. and and you see you see totally different projects and people are having to, to shoot something that's uh, slightly different, but yeah, it's, it's a lovely book. And how, how did you find the process of making this relative to making the handmade, whereby you're in total control of the printing? If you print a picture out for your handmade and it doesn't look right, you can just go make some adjustments and print it out again. And you can do it over and over and over again. Whereas when you're doing a book, you might get it back and some images might look great. Others might look a bit different and it's a balancing act really. Yeah, I must say I was pleasantly surprised because um, I did it all out of Lightroom. Okay. Um, I do have um, publishers that called. Um, yeah, 
finished the publisher. Yeah, finished yeah. the publisher. Yeah. Um, so I have it loaded. I bought it because they were doing a sort of you know twenty five percent or fifty percent off. Um, yeah. I've loaded it, but I've never actually got round to to using it. So that's one of my projects for twenty twenty two. And so I did it all from Lightroom, um, and I was pleasant pleasantly surprised just how easy the mix um, I did it via Mixum yep. um, how easy their web software was to use um, to you know upload the images to get them in the right order um, and even down to being able to you know print a spine um, yes. so I thought um, so yes yeah, so it was and again I mean I suppose just because it was the first one that I'd done and I thought you know cost-wise I think they worked out, I think I got, you know, 10 or 12 printed and they kind of work out about four pounds the scene, which I thought was just such good value. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the things that allows you to get a dozen copies or something like that, that you can, you can give to people just to provide, even just to provide feedback on, or if you want mm. to do a small run of something for family members or friends, then you've got the ability to do so as well. And uh, interesting. What, so what lessons have you learned that you will take forward to the, in the often zine? Um, or, 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 what, paper. Or what, yeah, paper. Okay. Yeah, paper. I quite like the cover. I went for the one that has a sort of slightly tactile feel. Yes. Um, but I think I'm going to try maybe get a few, because I think you can get a sample done with Mixum for about can. four or five pounds just to. So for in the offing, I'm going to get, um, I think, try two or three of their other papers yes. and just get Makes them sense. done as one offs. Um, because, um, I mean, the paper in this is okay, but I'm. I think for in the offing, I may want to have a different paper type. Yes, absolutely. That's it. And the thing is, now that you've been through the process, at least you know what the process is like and, and, and how you go about it. And as you see, if you try a few different paper types, different weights and stuff like that yes. as well, it begins it begins to give you a, a different feel for it. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing uh, this book that are in the often in terms of in zine format. And do you think it will be something you'll continue to do? Maybe do a combination of handmade and printed books, such as obviously you've got likes of Joe Wright, who did it for Reimagined Landscapes. He did the printed and then he did the hard, the mm -hmm. handbound version. Um, I think Marianthe's doing something similar for her one, which is the it's a, one edition of 10 of the, the hand bound and things like that as well. So I think people are maybe introducing combinations of, of handmade. It's a handmade. really good idea, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I love doing the handmade books. So that's my first love yes. is actually making um, a handmade books. So that will definitely be what I continue to do. Um, and then, you know, for some of the handmade books, then I may just get a few um, scenes printed for yeah. you know, family and friends um, and maybe um, even do um, uh, get a couple done for swaps. So I'm going to swap full of trees and changing leaves, a couple of people on the um, biblioscapes. Um, once right. they have their zines ready, we're going mm -hmm. to do a swap, which I think is lovely. It's like, you know, it's kind of like being kids again and swapping your comics, you know, it's... Uh... Absolutely. And you see, you see a lot of people, I've seen quite a few of them where people have maybe done like an edition of 50 and swapped them all out sort of thing with, mm -hmm. with other people. And I think it's a great way. It's you commit to making a zine of your own work and then, all of a sudden, you can you can just pick up zines. I think all all these boxes they are just full of them, and there's more of them elsewhere. Um, and and they're wonderful because it's it's a great affordable way to 
to to buy mm-hmm. books. I'd still call class them as books. Um, uh, because you're not having to shell out 35, 40 pounds for a hard copy and um, it allows you to, for the same price, you can pick up at probably five up to 10 zines that are, are full of great bodies of work, great wee projects. And and actually sometimes they have, they can have more of a personal connection to something or a place or a location or somewhere that reminds you of your your your, your your past and things like that uh, which i think which i think is a great way and uh, i suppose going forward have you got some other projects you're working on in terms of handmade or printed or or whatever it is lots lots, lots of ideas so i've got sort of some ongoing um projects and then i've got some projects where the images are ready right um, and it's just a case of um getting the work printed out and getting the book made but i think as i said i'm going to look at affinity publisher uh, yeah. move over to it because sometimes trying to do stuff in lightroom can, i don't use photoshop so um just getting stuff done in lightroom can be a bit tricky and can take a bit of time trying to work yeah. out um so but uh, yeah I've did, in fact yesterday i worked on just doing a little i quite like doing little slit books okay um so which i'll you know use as sort of birthday cards and that so i did a little one um that i worked on yesterday and finished off the this morning that's just done from um seed heads oh lovely some some textures so unfortunately a friend he lost his partner um just coming up a year ago um as partner of over 40 years so i've just done um, just a little bit but i'm just going to pop in the post today Very nice so ah lovely yeah it's just a little you know thinking of you type card um, yeah. just a little wrapper for it so so i love yes and these are obviously relatively quick to do yes um, so that that's um, it and do you see yourself experimenting with different types of uh, handmade book structures for example being shown a grant if you if you look at some of her her, oh, her, her structures <laughs> which uh, mind boggles how they work but uh, but do you see yourself experimenting more with 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 different structures for books or packaging things up slightly differently so it, it becomes more like a piece of art in itself Yes, I mean, some of Shona's stuff is just so inspirational. Um, so, so I've bought a couple of books that are um, basically about artist books and not about photo books. So yes. About, and, I mean, some of the, the work in those is, uh, yeah. is mind-boggling. So, but yeah, no, that's what I'd like to do. But for me, though, the, the, um, the reason Detra will always be the photos. Yeah, absolutely um, so, yeah. that, that's it it's trying, that's what will drive it yeah combining both into one mm. but uh, but always oh, it's, it's great and yeah really, i look forward to seeing some of your future uh, publications particularly once your website's up online again in february yes. um, but we'll not say anything more about that everyone's everyone's been there and done that when they've turned their website off to say it's coming soon and six months later it's still coming soon uh, but yeah i suppose all about photo books uh I'm always interested, as I say to everyone, to hear some of your favourite photo books. So mm. I'd be delighted to hear maybe three, four or five of your favourite uh, books, oblique zines, whatever you want to share. Yeah, so, um, you know, as everybody said, it's quite difficult making a making a choice. Um, and I have some books, um, favourite books that I, I just adore, but they're ones that other people have 
discussed um, right. on the program before. So I thought, well, rather than do that, so like, you know, Paul Wick fills the landscape. <laughs> um, I mean, I love that book. I get it done quite often. And William Neal's Light on the Landscape um, and Paul Sanders' um, Solace. So, but I thought, well, rather than pick ones that other people have picked, um, I would kind of set those aside. So the, the first one that I've picked is, um, I'm not even sure I can pick it up, but why is five kilos? Um, it's uh, Seorsa. Um, I don't speak right. yet. I'm not quite sure if that's how it's pronounced, but it's the book by Ian Lawson. All right. Sorsa. Okay. Sorsa. And it's a Gaelic for freedom, for liberty. Right. And um, it says on the, the front of it, it's a photographer's pilgrimage to the Western Isles of Scotland. Um, and it's basically a story of the landscapes, people, and tweed of the Outer Hebrides. It's a massive book. It's 432 pages. And as I said, it weighs five kilos. <laughs> um, there's 343 full plate color photos in it, um, plus a slipcase and then a, a gift box. So yep. it's, I mean, I have it here, but you know, it is an absolutely gorgeous book. You'll be able to look, I think there's um, on the website, there's even like little videos and things. So this is Lovely. the the slipcase um, for it, yeah. but it's a beautifully done book. Um, and one of the things that I particularly like about it, it reminds me a bit, actually, I should have looked to see which came, which was published first, but um, you know the way in Paul Wakefield's The Landscape, there's some brilliant pairing of images. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, Ian Lawson has done the same in this book. So you'll have... Um, two images that are paired one of the wider landscape and then one of the detail and that could be an intimate detail or it could be a Harris tweed and I think the Harris tweed ones just work so beautifully so you'll have on one side a picture of one of the Harris tweeds and on the other the landscape lovely and, yes and you can just see where the colors and the inspiration and the and the dye for the for the tweed has come, come from, from in terms yeah. of the colors really nice. um, so fabulous book really love it um but um you do need to set aside a bit of time and uh, and a glass of wine to sit down yes. and, uh, and have a look at it so and a, and a bit of table space as well <laughs> to lay it out onto because i suspect it's not one that's particularly comfortable to be holding for too long no no, but but lovely book, beautifully very produced nice. and very inspirational. So we're going to, uh, we're hoping to go to the Outer Hebrides in March um, this year. So I'll uh, have a look at it before I go to get inspiration. some inspiration. Very nice. So, so my second book um, is an Italian photographer, um, Franco Fontana. Okay. Um, I saw an exhibition of his work at the Photography Museum in Nice uh, back in the summer 2018. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to the Photography Museum in Nice, but um, if you find yourself in, in Nice once you're able to <laughs> travel again and the, the French will let us into the country, um, if you're ever there, it's near the flower market in the old town. Okay. And it's definitely worth a visit. Um, it's dedicated to photography. And I've seen some fabulous exhibitions there. I saw one, um, a Henry Cartier-Bresson one, 
um, back probably about five or six years ago. That was oh, just amazing. They had about 130 of his photographs there. Prince, just, beautiful. I mean, it was stunning. But yeah, I've gone back to my book. So Franco Fontana, and it's behind the invisible. Okay. Um, he is, as I said, Italian. He was born 1933, and he's regarded as one of the pioneers of color photography. Um, and I really love, um, this book is good because it actually, he does quite sort of abstract images of the land, the sea, and it's the sea stuff I particularly like, but also cityscapes. Okay. Um, so there's Lovely. some in here of, um, is cityscapes, a lot of them are done in the States. So they're done in sort of New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles. I hold up. Um, you can sort of see the oh, lovely, very um, nice. Yeah, the, the city ones, and then um, he does a lot of the land ones are done in in Italy. There's some that you'll you'll definitely yeah. recognise. Really nice, yeah, Italy. lovely. Um, and then his seascapes, um, which um, I just adore. They're great, very yeah. calming, very minimalist. <clears throat> um, so that was my my second book. Very nice, beautiful. Um, so I picked five, so I pushed I, it right to the pushed right it, push, the push me to the limit. Yep, very good. That's yeah. fair enough. Um, so the next two I was going to um tell you about were two books that I came across at the uh BOP uh 21, which is the Books on Photography Fair. Okay, um, so it was held at the end of October in Bristol. I believe it's an annual photo book festival. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and I came across two books at, at it. Um, so the first one is by David Fletcher. It's right. called Streams of Consciousness. Yep. And it's a self-published book. He actually had a, a table at the Footbook uh, Festival and he was selling this book, which I think he said he did as part of his photography degree. Okay. Uh, yeah. And... It's a beautiful, it's a really tactile book. The cover of it is Irish Linen. Um, it's nice. Really nice, yeah. And it's um, a story of the border um, told through photographs of the streams and rivers. Uh, the borders are in Northern Ireland, um, which you can probably tell from my accent, which is where I'm from. <laughs> um, so it's, there's, there's 10 images in the book and each image preceding the image you have a um like a a tracing sheet okay, of tracing yes. paper and it's um newspaper articles lovely um so you know so for example on the the first one it says so this is the border ever since the border began years ago it was the oddest thing it ran along the middle of rivers cut straight through a house and severed villages from the townlands that lay on either side of them because um, the border in Northern Ireland is about 300 miles yes. in total, and rivers and streams make up about 100 miles of it. And as you can imagine, a stream meanders. Um, so, so it's just a beautifully done, um, and as I said, each um, image has a, a sheet preceding it with Lovely. Um, the nice and different. articles. Yeah, it's just a really nice, beautiful book. So I thought that was... A nice one to bring to your attention. Very good. Yeah, lovely. 
Um, and then the second one um, that I saw at the Bristol um, photography thing was, I saw it there, had a look at it, but I didn't buy it because I'd actually set myself a limit of a number of books I was going to purchase on the day. Um, and I was actually doing not too bad until I went to the Hoxton Press stand yeah. and um, I exceeded my budget there. So I thought, <laughs> that's it. I can't buy any more books. And then I saw this book, Quinn, by Lottie yeah. Davis. Yeah. Um, and I came home and I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. Um, so I put it on the list for Santa and he was, uh, he was very kind and it was under the tree on, um, Christmas morning. So are you familiar with, with the book? Um, I don't, I don't have it. I've, it's been mentioned a couple of times I've heard of, and I've seen it appear online as well a few times. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it was a six year project. Um, and it tells, it's a fictional story of William Quinn and he walks from Cornwall um, to the north of Scotland um, yeah. after the Second World War. Um, and the book's accompanied by an online audio. Um, so the actor who plays the part of Quinn, who's photographed in yes. different places in Cornwall and North Wales, Scottish Highlands, he actually reads um, Quinn's diary. Um, it lasts for about half an hour. So you Beautiful. Yeah. sit down, nice cup of tea, look at the book and listen to this audio diary um, of Quinn's journey. And it's just, um, I just think it's brilliant. It's quite, it's very, it's very moving because um, it's, it's sort of on two levels. So you have this story of Quinn, but it's also a sort of a, I looked at Lottie's site and she said it's a meditation on grief, loss, loneliness, Yep. human search for meaning and the possibility of redemption through time and the landscape. Lovely. Um, so yeah, so really highly good. recommended. Very I just, and, and I think the work that must have gone into producing this, you know, Put just phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it's a full experience when you add in the audio elements as well, which is really yes. nice. Yeah, so um, just, just brilliant. And then my, uh, my fifth book, um, is complete contrast to the to the first one. Okay. <laughs> this is a tiny little pocket book, um, and it's one of Baden's fifty five series. Yes. Um, yeah. Published in two thousand and one, okay. and this one is uh, Dorothea Lyme. Um, so, I went to see um, back when we were able to go to exhibitions and do things. Um, uh, her first UK retrospective, um, which was in the Barbican back nope. in 2018. I've always been an admirer of her work and I've had a um, postcard of migrant mother up in the kitchen for for, for years and years. Yes. Um, and this, um, I just thought this little book, there's 55 um, key works in it with extended captions. So you okay. get the image yes. and then, uh, extended Great. caption. Um, and I just find her work, I mean, I don't do portraiture. I don't take yeah. you know, yep. pictures of people um, at all. Um, and I just find um, the, the pictures, I mean, just this one I've happened to, you know, to open is, um, you know, a chap sitting in his car, it's called Ditched, Stalled and Stranded. 
subjects being caught off guard and the fear and anxiety are clearly legible on this gone blind face. I mean, it's enough to actually kind of bring you to tears when you look at them. I mean, it's, yes. I just think it's um, her work. Um, it's just amazing. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so that, that was the fifth of my... Yeah, my it's great. And it, as you say, you don't take portraiture yourself, but there's, there's still something that can really be enjoyed by it. And I'm the same as well. There's a lot of photography I'm not interested in taking, but I still enjoy looking at other people's work of it. And you can still take something away from it, learn something from it and be inspired by it. So it's wonderful. And yeah, it's a great, great selection of books. They are nice to see some different uh, ones as well as the usual names that uh, many of us have become accustomed to add into the bookshelf. Um, so yeah, some, some great ideas. Uh, maybe pick up one or two of them. Yeah, one. Okay. The, the only other thing that I um, was going to add is there was one book I would love to have, but that I don't. And that's Chris Friedel's book, After. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. Is it on your bookshelf? It's on my bookshelf, yep. There we go. Here we are. Yes, really nice. Yeah. 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 A lovely book. Very yeah, nice. And I think he's, he's doing a new one with uh, Joe Wright, which will be good to see. JW. Yes, editions. I saw that. Yeah. 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 yeah that'll, be a, that'll be a good one. I'm looking forward to seeing that one as well. But uh, we've all got books that we wish we had that we don't have. Um, but at some point, you might find a copy of it. That one might be slightly harder, I would suspect. But at some point, there's always then the satisfaction of picking up, being able to find and track down a copy of a book that you want, that you've looked for for so long when you actually do see it. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's... it's good, actually. I dropped a note to um, about Inner Sound. Yes. Um, I, I, I'd seen it online and I really liked it, but it was sold out. So I just dropped a note, an uh, email on the off chance to Ian and um, just said, you know, I don't suppose you would have one lurking in the back of a cupboard somewhere. And, they, and he did. Very good. There you are. Yeah. It, just, it just shows you it's always worth asking. Timing can yeah. be everything. Um, and yeah, I think people find spare copies of books all over the place that they've maybe forgotten about. But, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, yeah, it's great to see more people making handmade books or publishing their own zines, publishing their own work and with the whole print on demand now as well and likes of Mixum, You Love Print, etc., It makes it far more affordable and easier for people to do it as well when they when they manage to find some time. Mm. But, uh, but on that note, uh, Fiona, many, many thanks for your time. It's been a real pleasure and joy chatting to you about uh, In the Often and Among the Trees and All the Leaves. I've probably got that wrong. Um, I think I think I get it wrong every time. Right. But, uh, <laughs> But no, it's, it's been great hearing about your experiences from making your handmade books, uh, submitting for your RPS, um, and then also to publishing your first first zine as a as a trial before in the often comes to comes to the masses. So well, thank you. Well, thank you ever so much for um, inviting me to be a guest. I've really enjoyed our it's chat. Absolutely a pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks very much, and all the very best for twenty twenty two. And you, thank you. Cheers. <laughs>